Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. As many of us here at DNVR know, ball is life, and our friends at Manscaped want to assist you when it's time for you to hit your game winner. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, and they have the right tools for the job. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us at DNVR. Um, the, the Manscaped has really focused all of their resources on redesigning the best ball trimmer out there and uh they came up with the lawnmower 3.0 which is the third generation obviously of the electric trimmer uh it has a cutting edge ceramic blade um it's nick free and they were able to design it so you don't even have to worry when you're shaving down there uh it's you can get it by uh ordering the perfect package 3.0 which includes a lot more 3.0 it includes the crop preserver the crop reviver some body wash all sorts of different stuff uh and obviously you get a discount because you're buying it at uh in a package as opposed to all separate uh on top of that if you go to manscaped.com and place an order you can use dnvr20 for 20 percent off that order and free shipping so head over to manscaped.com and check that out so we were supposed to talk to uh, Katie Nixon and Nate Landman yesterday, but that media call was postponed. Uh, I don't really know why, but they did say that it'll be rescheduled here at some point. And when that happens, uh, you guys will hear from them. But if you guys were coming here expecting to hear those two, we're not going to have them today. But there is some other stuff that I want to talk about. Um and it's really fun stuff. Uh, really, I don't think we have to talk about the coronavirus at all today, which is pretty great. But yesterday, the Buff strength and conditioning coach, Drew Wilson, tweeted out uh, the speed rankings for week six of the Buffs' summer off-season activities. So you'll remember, I think it was week two was the other time that he posted these. Basically, just a graphic with a buffalo. It seems to be running really fast. And then there are three different sections. One is skill, one is combo, one is line. And under each of those sections, he ranks the top three players by their top speed this week in practice. Um, I would love to see these every week, but like I said, we got them for week two. We're getting them again now for week six. And there's some fun stuff on there. So the skill guys, those would be all of your outside players, your receivers, uh, your corners, your safeties, um, running backs fit into there as well. Combo is linebackers and tight ends 
and uh, quarterbacks, obviously. I didn't know where they'd fit in, but it's definitely there. We learned this week. Um, but then line is all the linemen, defensive line, offensive line. So there are a couple of really interesting things in here. Um, and we're just going to start at the top with the skill guys. So the top three. Uh, coming in at number three, Maurice Bell, he was running at 21.5 miles per hour in practice this week. That's really fast. It's also just behind Jalen Jackson, who was at 21.7, which is also very fast. But number one of all of the skill guys, this one kind of surprised me because he's six foot four and 225 pounds, but that's Daniel Arias. So that's really exciting. Uh, Daniel Arias, you know, we've talked about him quite a bit as a potential breakout player, um, especially when we were looking through that Athlon preview. Uh, they uh, they had him as the rising star on the Buffs roster. He hasn't seen the field much at, up to this point in his career. He's made a couple plays. He's made a couple big mistakes. And uh, hopefully now is the time for him to break out. This 22.3 miles per hour, that that honestly does like change my perspective on him. You know, I knew he was fast, and actually his uh, Twitter handle is like underscore flash underscore 22 or something like that. So like that shows that he thinks he's a fast guy. And, you know, again, he's a great athlete. You see him walking around and you're like, wow, who is that guy? But, the fa- but faster than Jalen Jackson or Maurice Bell... That surprises me. Um, and if he can really be a deep threat, like he's the type of guy who if you throw up a jump ball, he should be bringing it down more often than not because of his size, because of all the physical tools. We haven't necessarily seen that play out yet, but again, he's still a pretty young guy. Going into his junior year, he has a chance to really take a step forward and prove himself, especially because he was the only receiver that was listed without an or on the depth chart coming out of spring. Um, you'll remember Dimitri Stanley or Katie Nixon um, was the listing at the slot receiver spot, and the other outside receiver was Katie Nixon or Maurice Bell. So that's kind of where that's stacking up. A lot of signs pointing toward Daniel Arias being a potential breakout player this year, um, and this is just one more reason to be excited because I wouldn't have guessed that he could move that fast. Um. That is not the big news here, though. Um, there actually, there's actually one more uh, group we gotta go through the combo guys before I get into what I really, really want to talk about today. Um, and in those combo guys, again, that encapsulates a lot of positions. Um, basically, everything that isn't linemen or guys who you'd expect to be really fast. Uh, number three, Carson Wells at twenty point one miles per hour. Sam Neuer. Number two at 20.3 miles per hour. And then Guy Thomas at number one, also at 20.3. So Sam Neuer, I'm not surprised that he's really fast for the quarterback position, considering that last year he moved to safety. Um, and, and you know, he has always kind of been the third guy in this quarterback competition, not in the eyes of the coaches and probably not in the eyes of the team, but as outsiders, because we have seen Sam Neuer um, fall behind Blake Stenstrom and Tyler Lytle in the quarterback competition last year, or we assume that's the reason he switched to safety is because they didn't have 
a quarterback spot for him because it, he would have been the number four guy. Um, and, and that should probably be on our minds as we try to figure out who's going to be the next quarterback without too much information to go on. I do think, though, because there is such little information, sometimes stuff like that can get overweighted. You know, if, if, if we had heard two guys during camp say, or during like spring ball say, wow, Sam was throwing some great passes out there, then all of a sudden that would be the story just as much as what has happened up to this point at his CU career. Um, but because there was no spring practice, we didn't get to hear about that. We uh, didn't get to hear much about any of the other guys, and we really don't have much information. We have Brendan Lewis's star rankings or star ratings and the fact that he kind of blew up Texas high school football. We have Tyler Lytle knowing him as a guy who's thrown a few passes as a buff. Not much playing time, though, but he does have some more experience. And we know Sam Neuer from being the guy behind Tyler Lytle during the uh, competition for the backup job, really, last year. So, really, we don't know anything, but but, but sometimes it can feel like we know more than we do. Um, and, and this is a really good sign for Sam Neuer because it is a reminder that as excited as I am for Brendan Lewis, Sam Neuer can provide a lot of the things that Brendan Lewis can. Um, they might be different styles of runner, Sam being a little bit bigger, a, a little more physical. Um, and Brendan Lewis, in his own right, I mean, is a more physical runner. We talked about that quite a bit um, when it was time to really evaluate him as a prospect because you could go back and watch what Jaden Daniels looked like when he was in high school and see him juking past guys and running past guys and doing that kind of stuff. And then you see Brendan Lewis do some of that, but also just put his shoulder down and run powers as a quarterback. You know, there are a lot of similarities between Brendan Lewis and Sam Neuer's game. Um, I'd be interested to know where Brendan Lewis's top speed is, you know, because not everybody is running... 40 yards straight or 50 yards straight or whatever it takes to get up to your complete top speed every week in practice. And there, there's, there are a lot of variables here. And honestly, we don't even know like how many guys are competing. Um, but what we do know is that these numbers are fast and any quarterback who can run over 20 miles per hour, especially at 6'3 and 220, 225 pounds, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. We have to see more out of Sam, but he is a veteran. He spent a lot of time in a quarterback's room. He's seen things from the other side of the ball, and Carl Durrell wanted him here. Carl Durrell had to go out of his way to keep him here. Sam graduated and planned on going somewhere else to play quarterback as a grad transfer after spending last year as a safety, um, which he switched to partway through fall camp. Um, because, as I said, he just there things likely didn't shake out for him the way he wanted in that quarterback competition. <sighs> now, after he decides that he's going in the transfer portal and Carl Durrell says, hey, we have a quarterback competition here. You might as well stick around and see if you can land this job. Carl wouldn't have said that if Sam didn't have a chance to at least be the backup and maybe even be the starter. Again, this number changes my view of him 
Oh, actually, kind of quite a bit. You know, I, I didn't expect him to be a guy who could run this fast. You know, I thought that he could definitely be a, a powerful runner, a physical runner, and that that could really complement what the Buffs want to do offensively. Um, just the way this team is built with that offensive line um, and the running backs and kind of building out the running game. You know, if you turn every running play into an RPO, then you have a numbers advantage in whatever you do. Same thing with a read option, and which would have been a better example. But but that's what I see here, especially if he can prove to be the trustworthy guy. You know, if he's going to camp making bad decisions, then you probably do look past him for a guy like Brendan Lewis, who you might as well be grooming for the future as well as grooming for right now if the quarterback battle turns out to show that there isn't anybody who's ready to be a good Pac-12 quarterback right now. So we'll see what happens there, but that's a good number. But there is one more number that is even more exciting to me. And I'm going to tell you all about that after the Breckenridge... uh, Actually, I guess there isn't like a Breckenridge thing. It's just me telling you about Breckenridge beers. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. We have the the rematch today. Uh, We did the match about three or four weeks ago against Vic Lombardi and Mark Moser from Altitude. Well, today is the rematch. And yesterday, RK and I went out to Common Ground Golf Course for a practice round. And once that was over, we went back to the DMVR bar, had some work to do there that you guys will uh, see at some point. And I got a really big member beer. I got the uh, Mountain Beach, which I've only had once before. And I was telling the the guys there that I remembered that I liked it, but it was one of those nights at the DMVR bar that I didn't necessarily remember all of the details of. And so I couldn't really remember much about it other than that I liked it. Well, yesterday I had it again and coming off the golf course, it's like a sour beer. It's, it was pretty good. It really hit the spot. And I think that today after the match, or I guess the rematch, I might have to run back there and grab another. Uh, So that's kind of, I don't know. I guess it's not my go-to yet, but I have a feeling that it will be here pretty soon. Um, But there are so many other good beers. You know, I I preach a lot about the 15-can sampler, uh, the Mile High City Copper Lager, their beer that they made with the Nuggets, and we partnered with everybody for a uh, shirt. I don't know. There are so many good options. And if there's any of these beers that you want to try, you can, well, first of all, you can go to Davidson's Beer, Wine, Spirits down south of Denver. Uh, Most of them are at the DNVR bar. Or you can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website to figure out where you can find those beers for yourself. Also, got to give a shout out to DraftKings. Um, Sports are back. There is real MLB baseball tonight. Uh, The Rockies play their first game tomorrow night. Oh, and I should say while we're here, uh, we are having a watch party for that game at the DMVR bar. We still are, of course, like following all of the rules and laws, and we've been pretty strict about some of that kind of stuff. Um, You know, the maximum capacity is still 50. Um, Everybody has to be socially distant. You have to wear a mask when you're not at your table. You're not allowed to like be interacting, all that kind of stuff. But we can at least be in the same building six feet apart to watch real sports which isn't perfect but it's a step in the right direction and hopefully i'll see some of you there 
you do need to RSVP or RSVP for tickets. You can find that link in uh, on like the DNVR website at thednvr.com. Uh, I think there are like tweets out there. I also think uh, if if you're a DNVR member or if you've bought a shirt and you're on the mailing list, then you should have gotten an email with a link to RSVP. Again, like we are very limited in capacity, obviously, because everybody is. So RSVP if you want to go, because those tickets actually are going pretty quickly. Um, back to DraftKings, though. If you want to have even more fun with us at the DMVR bar, then throw down 20 bucks on the Rockies and see if you can pay for a pitcher of beer. Or I guess that'd be more than a pitcher of beer. Like a pitcher plus like two more beers after when you realize how fun it is. Um, yeah. So sports are back. That means sports betting is back. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, baseball. Next week, we get basketball and hockey. The Avs have as good a chance as anybody to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, with the Nuggets, Bull Bull went off yesterday, put up like 16, 10, and 6. The 6 were 6 blocks. He, you know, I don't know. He, he wasn't like the perfect basketball player. Like, he made some weird decisions and kind of looked lost at points. But he also was extremely productive despite not knowing that or not knowing where to be and that's a really good sign for the future and it's going to be fun to watch him develop and that's another thing that you're going to be able to watch here I guess starting yesterday um, and you can start betting on it next week so yeah uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is the top rated uh, sportsbook app in America it's the official betting partner of DNVR and you can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up because for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, uh, jumping back in now... We still haven't talked about the linemen, and I feel like that could be like a th the name of this podcast because we do not spend enough time paying attention to what's happening in the trenches. Um, here are the speeds, though. So again, it's the top three linemen, offensive or defensive. Number three, Frank Phillip, 17.7 miles per hour. Number two, Will Sherman, 18.1 miles per hour. And number one, Terrence Lang at 19.1 miles per hour. And uh, it, it's it's good to see anybody up there, Frank Phillip and Will Sherman, your two tackles. You got some athletes there. Obviously, Will Sherman is a very real NFL draft prospect. Frank Phillip, we haven't seen a lot of, but he could be on that path too. Terrence Lang is also a legitimate draft prospect. But we haven't spent nearly enough time talking about that. And so that's what I want to finish today's show off by doing. Um, I got a chance to go back and watch some of his tape. I do need to spend more time on it. Um, but it's a kind of busy time. Uh, here's what I want to say about Terrence Lang. Um, actually, you know what? Let's not get to this quickly. Let's go way roundabout because that sounds a lot more fun. So yesterday I wrote a story on Terrence Lang last night. Um, if you guys are members at the DMVR, you got to read it. Um, 
And if not, I'm about to basically spoil the whole thing on the podcast for free anyway. So maybe you made the right call. Actually, no, you didn't. I shouldn't even joke about that. You should join us. It's a lot of fun. Um, essentially, whew, we talked to Terrence Lang last week. The media did. And he said some interesting stuff, some really interesting stuff. Um, but there was one thing that kind of stood out to me. And that is that he said he went home to California for a week, I think, maybe two weeks, not long at all, but he didn't have any equipment to train back there. So he came back to Boulder, and it turns out there really wasn't anything to work with here because, again, like, it, it is kind of crazy to think. Like, you look at these guys and think there's some way for you to go lift weights. And, you know, for NFL players, that is true. A lot of them have home gyms, but you have to remember, these are like college kids renting houses in Boulder. Like, it's not like they have massive, like, I don't even know what the way is, like bow flexes. I haven't heard about that in forever, but that's the one workout home gym thing I can think of. But, but like, they, they can't have that kind of stuff. Like, first of all, they don't have the space and they're moving constantly, but also those, those things are expensive. You'd expect them to have, like, maybe a couple dumbbells lying around, but if you're used to being able to walk five minutes to go to the Buffs gym and just work out there in world-class facilities, you might as well just go do that. Obviously, this offseason, those facilities were closed, and that caused some problems for guys um, who didn't have access to gyms, who didn't have friends who had gyms um, down the street, which, who said that? Did Darian Rakestraw say that? Or maybe it was Dimitri Stanley. I can't remember. Uh, but, like, other guys have told those sorts of stories, saying they went to their friend's house. Terrence Lang is one of the guys who just didn't have access to real weight training equipment. So what he did was run a lot. And he told us that he really enjoyed running through Boulder. And you got to see a bunch of Boulder he'd never seen before. And he'd bring teammates along, and they'd go run and check out different places, and they're like, cool views and all that kind of stuff. Um, now we see Terrence show up as the fastest lineman in this week in practice. And again, we might be reading just a little bit too much into these numbers. You know, I talked about how we might be reading into the quarterback stuff a little bit too much for because we just don't have any real good information. We just have tiny little tidbits that almost are worthy of attention. The same thing is kind of true with these top speed things. Like they aren't the end-all be-all who's the fastest and who knows how that changes or all, all that kind of stuff. So it isn't like the biggest thing in the world, but it is a good sign, especially for a guy like Terrence Lang, who has the build to be an NFL guy. He's six foot seven. He's 280 pounds. He's going into his junior year. You know, he could pack on some weight because I, I think Calais Campbell is like six, seven, 300. So if you put on another 20 pounds, obviously like, you don't want to lose your speed, but if you're running 19 miles an hour, you could afford to lose a little, especially if you're bulking up that much and playing more on the inside. Or you could see him as more of like a speed guy, like a 4-3 defensive end instead of that 3-4 defensive end, you know, lining up outside, having more pass rush type of responsibilities, being in space a little more often, being able to use your athleticism to beat the tackle instead of spending more time using the power to beat the guard. 
we don't really know where he's going to fit in. He's listed as a defensive end in that 3-4 front behind Mustafa Johnson, which is kind of a weird thing, but they really don't have... I think they still call their positions nose tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end. And, you know, he is a defensive end. He isn't a defensive tackle. He isn't a nose tackle. If he did pack on that 20 pounds and wanted to be like Calais Campbell, but even, I guess, guys like DeForest Buckner or uh, Eric Armstead, both 49ers, they're both like, I think they're both about 6'7", 280. So they are his size. Really, if he was strong enough, he could just stick inside um, but again, those are like D tackles in the four, three, which is a little more spread, a lot more like a three, four DN, but he is in a place. Terrence Lang is in a place where it's about time to figure out what he can do, uh, for this buffs team. I think that in the past, there've been veteran players who have kind of forced Terrence Lang to move around a little bit because you kind of build around your your primary guys. You know, you, when you look at this defensive line, for example, you want to put Mustafa Johnson in the best possible situation. That is like the number one goal because he can go make plays for you. When you're Terrence Lang and you're playing early in your career, you kind of get bumped around because they want to see you in different spots, but also because... There are other guys who take precedent. And and last year with that really young group on the defensive line, I think that it's kind of the opposite effect where you have young guys who maybe can't do multiple things. You can't line them up um, at, at end and in uh, like the defensive tackle in that uh, nickel front. And so you have to put those guys in the only spot they can play. And Terrence Lang is kind of stuck moving around. And we saw that last year. We saw him line up more inside and outside. We saw him make plays from both spots. And that's what's so exciting. Uh, Four tackles for loss. Four sacks. Those aren't massive numbers, obviously. But they are very good for a sophomore, especially the way that defense was rotating. Because you were seeing seven different defensive linemen fill those three spots over the course of a game. I think that Terrence Lang is a guy to be very excited about going forward because he does have so many tools. You know, we've we've seen him make plays when he has been used, asked to use his strength. You know, there was the Arizona State game. Um, he, he lines up, the guard blocks him. Um, I think it's like a fourth four man front uh Carson Wells is almost like lined up at the other D tackle spot but he just drops off and spies the quarterback which means there's so many extra blockers in the middle and so it's Terrence Lang going against their right guard and he's like doing well gets chipped by Eno Benjamin and then beats the guard inside anyway the center has nobody to block gets like a hand on Terrence but can't stop him. And all of a sudden you have Terrence Lang at 280 pounds just charging upfield from the middle of that offensive line, and he gets the sack. We've seen him make plays in the backfield with the tackles for loss. I mean, there's there's stuff where he's lining up at the end and there's a stunt, and he's cutting back inside the tackle and uh, using the speed to beat those interior guys. But there's also times he gets around the edge. I don't know where I would play him. And that's not really because he, like, we aren't sure what he is capable of or any of that. But, like, 
I just don't know where he'd be best at. With that body type, there are so many different ways you could take it. I, I My gut would say, like, I like him at the end on the 4-3 front, or I guess like the four-man front in the nickel package. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what Chris Wilson does with him. And and I think that's where I get most excited is that he now has, not, not that his past defensive line coaches haven't been good coaches, but he's gone through a few of them. There's been some turnover at that spot. And now he has a guy who has a Super Bowl ring and it was a Super Bowl that was won but mostly if you had to pick one position group on that Eagles team because of the defensive line with uh, Chris Long and Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan playing his best ball. And with Fletcher Cox, you know, he's that 6'4", 310. He was their interior presence. That's a different build. I, I, I'm There aren't a lot of those really big, really long guys um, to compare uh, compare Terrence Lang to, but the guys that there are are all making a whole lot of money. The ones who, you know, Robert Kemdichi couldn't quite figure out how to put all those tools to use, but he had very similar tools to a Terrence Lang, you know. But then when a Calais Campbell does it, it was able to put everything together, he makes a whole lot of money. Same thing with Eric Armstead, same thing with uh, DeForest Buckner. That is the build that everybody wants in the NFL. And we've seen them miss on some of those guys because they want it so bad. That puts Terrence Lang in a great spot. I'm excited to see what he... I mean, first, I'm excited to see what he's even asked to do this year, but then also excited to see how he does because there will be some opportunities for him to make some plays. You know, defenses... With with Mustafa missing some time last year and when he was there having that ankle issue... um, that makes it tougher for everybody else because Mustafa isn't pulling the same attention that he typically does. And, you know, now you have Jalen Sami who's starting to make a name for himself in the Pac-12. Pac-12 coaches know who he is. And the reason you wanted Jalen Sami is because he is so big and so strong at 300 and whatever pounds that when you line him up inside, they just have to double team him. Otherwise, he is going to be able to push your offensive lineman back into the quarterback's lap. From there, Chris Wilson has so many options. Do you do that and then get uh, essentially a one-on-one for Terrence Lang as your other inside guy? Do you move Terrence Lang outside and put another big body on the inside and have Terrence Lang and Mustafa Johnson on the outsides, which would give you a very big front for a rush package, but you're also cutting down their running ability out of those um, passing sets, out of the shotgun with three receivers or whatever it may be. It kind of depends on all the other personnel. You know, when we were talking to Terrence Lang, he did shout out, let's see, he said, uh, Niam Rodman's been impressing him. I can't remember the other one, but I'll, I can check on that. Um, you know, you you have guys who can play the inside. You have Jason Harris, who if, if he is what everybody hopes he could be as a freshman, you could play him at... I mean, one of the most important spots in Pac-12 football, which is that pass rusher, that third and long outside guy who's taking on one of the tackles and needs to beat him. The guy you're lining up from or across from Penny Sewell or Walker Little or any of the other great tackles that there are in the Pac-12 right now. 
I just don't know what this is going to look like, but it is one of the more exciting groups to watch. And, you know, I finished a story I wrote yesterday by including the line from uh, Terrence Lang where he said, Coach Wilson wants this group to set the tone for the entire team, to set the personality. And I really like that because, you know, when Antonio Alfano was supposed to be playing, everybody was really excited as they should be. But I think because of that hype and then kind of whatever the opposite of hype is, the letdown after he was suspended and then left the program, whatever it was that went down there, it kind of brought down the outside perception of the Buffs defensive line group more than it should have because this was still going to be one of the best groups. It's either the defensive line and the secondary has a chance to be right in there depending on how many of those guys take a step forward in their young careers, or or also the uh, running backs would be right in there. Defensive line, though, is the one really sure thing. I guess I would say the same thing about the running backs. You know you're getting something out of there. And again, Chris Wilson wants them to set the tone for the team. And if you're going to have this more physical offense um, with still some pretty spread-type passing concepts, but they are kind of building toward being that more physical, run-oriented team. I like the idea that the defensive line is setting the tone. Um, So anything else? Oh, I did want to say, I went back and watched some of Terrence Lang's high school basketball highlights. They're pretty crazy. Uh, And I recommend that you check those out. They're on like YouTube. Like if you search Terrence Lang on YouTube, they'll pop right up. And he was a monster. I think I was watching his sophomore year highlights in Southern California. And he was 6'6". And 245 pounds. He was putting up, I think they said 23 and a half points per game. He was unstoppable. And he was knocking down threes. He was just running over guys, like mauling them, basically what he does on a football field. And also spinning around guys and Euro stepping and grabbing offensive rebounds. Like he was all over the place. And you could really see his athleticism. Um, And maybe that's where we need to finish this is we've asked some of the buffs before if they were to play a game of three on three, who would they want on their team from the actual like football team? Terrence Lang should be the number one choice for all of them. uh, After seeing what he did as a sophomore again in uh, high school in Southern California. So those are some thoughts on Terrence Lang. um, A little bit of Sam Neuer stuff. If you guys have any thoughts, Oh, Okay, we'll, we'll come back. I know there's at least one comment that we got to get to. We'll save that for tomorrow, though. And uh, we'll also save whatever you guys have to say today um, for tomorrow. You can leave all your comments, all your questions in the post for today's show at thedmvr.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to those tomorrow. That's going to do it. I will uh, see you after the Oddcast Cup. You may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space, and now we can spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast, and you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced a few weeks ago that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. 
Support the uh, sport of rugby by following along with the latest news on Twitter at DNVR Rugby there. Also, again, download the DNVR Rugby podcast. This is the perfect time to learn the game of rugby, and our guy Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the game for you. They are incredible. Colton also brings you exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter.